Professor King Arthur's Knights. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by April Gonzalez. King Arthur's Knights. The Tales Retold for Boys and Girls by Henry Gilbert. Preface. This book is an attempt to tell some of the stories of King Arthur and his knights in a way which will be interesting to every boy and girl who loves adventures. Although tales of these old British heroes have been published before in a form intended for young people, it is believed that they have never been related quite in the same spirit, nor in the same point of view, and it is hoped that the book will fill a place higher to vacant in the hearts of all boys and girls. No doubt many of you, my young readers, have at some time or another taken down the more theatre, from your father's bookshelves and read a few pages of it here and there. But I doubt if any of you have ever gone very far on the volume. You found generally, I think, that it was written in a puzzling, old-fashioned language, and though it spoke of many interesting things, it seemed that it ought to be well worth reading, yet somehow it was tedious and dry. In the tales as I have retold them for you, I hope you will not find any of these faults. Besides, writing them in a simple language, I have chosen only those episodes which I know will appeal to you. I have added or altered here and there. For in places it struck me that there was just wanting a word or two to make you feel the magic that was everywhere abroad in those days. It seemed to me that some mysterious adventure might be easily waiting in the ruined and deserted Roman town and desolate moor, or even just around the mossy trunk of the next oak in the forest tribe, through which the night was riding without any fair lady or questing dog which he might meet could turn out to be a wizard seeking to work call upon him. Nevertheless, I was always sure that in those bright days when the world was young, whatever evil power might get to mastery for a little while, the knight's carriage, humility, and fate would win through every peril at the end. In this book, besides reading of wonderful adventures and great fighting, you will learn just what sort of man a perfect knight was required to be in the chivalrous times, when men wore armour and rode an errantry. The duties of a good and faithful knight were quite simple, but they were often very hard to perform. They were to protect the distress, to speak the truth, to keep his word to all, to be courteous and gentle to women, to defend right against might, and to do or say nothing that should sully the fair name of Christian knighthood. Although, therefore, these stories of King Arthur and his men treat of knights and their ladies, of magical trolls and wonder-working wizards, it might seem for that reason that they can have little or nothing in common with life of the present day. It will be seen that the spirit in which rarely at all conveys something which every boy can learn. Indeed, the great and simple lesson of chivalry, which the tales of King Arthur teaches, in a few words, to merit the fine old name of a gentleman. The history of King Arthur and his knights is contained in two books, one being the Mort d'Arthur, written by Sir Thomas Mallory, the other being the Mabinogion, a collection of old Welsh stories, first translated by Lady Charlotte Guest in 1838. I have selected thirteen tales from the number, which these two books contain, but there are many more, equally as interesting, which remain. Little is known about Sir Thomas Mallory, who lived in the fifteenth century, we can only learn that he was a Welshman, and a man of heroic mind who, as an old writer relates, 
from his youth, greatly shown in the gifts of mind and body. Though much busied with cares of state, his favourite recreation was said to be the reading of history, and this pursuit he made selections from various authors concerning the valour and victories of the most renowned King Arthur of the Britons. We know further that these selections or tales were translated mostly from poems of Arthur told by old French poets in the eleventh and twelfth centuries, and that Sir Thomas Mallory finished his translation in the ninth year of King Edward the Fourth in fourteen sixty nine. This, of course, was before printing was introduced to England. But no doubt many written copies were made of the book, so as to enable the stories to be read to the lords and ladies or other rich people who were desired to hear about the flower of kings and chivalry. To great King Arthur, when, in 1477, Coxton set up his printing press in Westminster, the Mordata was one of the books which then saw the light of the day. The Mabinogion, which contains other tales about King Arthur, is a collection of old Welsh romances. Though our earliest collection of them is to be found in a manuscript written in the 13th or 14th century. Some of them are probably as old as the time when Welshmen clothed themselves in the skins of beaver and bear, and used stone for their tools and weapons. It may be that, when you get older, you will go back to the two books I have mentioned, and you will find them so fascinating that you will be impatient of any other book which pretends to tell you the same tales. But until that time arrives, I hope you'll find these stories have told them quite interesting and exciting. Henry Gilbert, June 1911 End of preface. Recording by April Gonzalez in Cavita, Philippines.